Welcome to Brad Kyle's Brad's Motor Works podcast. We'll be talking about some things about BMW, some things of cars in general, and some things about car repair. I hope you find it educational, enlightening, and I hope it increases your understanding of your car. And maybe along the way we'll have some fun too. Thank you for listening, and here we go. Episode number 111, EV transition requires planning to manage electric vehicle infrastructure. Ooh. Uh, this one is from a uh, email that I got. Again, I'm going to be reading an article. Um, and it's, it's written, it's, a, it's a, a brief from a Governor's Association brief. Well, I'll tell you what it says. Governor's Association brief examines the impact on the grid of a burgeoning EV fleet. Okay. Frankly, uh, it's quite possible that whoever wrote this is not any kind of a technical person. I, I think there there's parts of it, to be honest with you, I don't necessarily agree with, or I think it's sort of like wishful thinking at this point. Uh, but I thought, well, for those of you that are, you know, maybe contemplating getting an electric vehicle, a battery electric vehicle, a plug-in electric vehicle, a hybrid electric vehicle, um, it might be, you know, interesting information. Obviously, yes, it is dated as far as, you know, as we move along into the uh, certainly possibility of movement into more EV type vehicles. This, so this is talking about the infrastructure that's got to be put together to be able to charge your car. Okay. And, um, you know, like I say, some of it is uh, sort of uh, wishful thinking or pie in the sky, at least as of right today. Okay. But I, I think it's good information. Uh, it's, you know, if you're interested, it's worth kind of knowing about, but obviously it is dated. Um, so we, we go from there. Uh, quick commercial. Uh, I've mentioned this before, but I, I have set the podcast up to where if you want to donate to it or subscribe to it, uh, you can certainly do that. I would really appreciate it. Uh, it certainly does help to support the cost of doing the podcast and future training and so on and so forth. If you go to podbean.com, which is the main publisher of this podcast, and search for Brad Kyle's Motorworks Podcast, you'll come up to the homepage of the podcast, which obviously also lets you look at uh, and select or, or download is over 100 podcasts at this point to date. Upper right-hand corner of that main page, you see a thing that says Become a Patron. If you click on that, uh, it opens up to where if you want to donate uh, or subscribe, it's I'm asking for $5 a month. You can do less than that. You can do more than that. Uh, you can do it for one month or have it to where it's it, it uh, you're subscribing every month to it. But, uh, you know, again, besides helping to support the podcast, one of the things that it opens up to uh, is that I have made some of the podcasts from the past only available to subscribers, okay? And the reason I've done that and what I've done is I've taken podcasts that if you listen to them and apply the information that I uh, give you, uh, you could save thousands, if not tens of thousands of dollars in your car ownership life, so to speak, and uh, certainly also reduced, you know, frustration in that regard as well. Um, so it, it definitely, I think it's worthwhile. Um, you know, like I say, it's a, it's a number of podcasts on varying subjects. Um, if you want to scroll down, once you get to that page, and even if you don't, you know, subscribe to it, you can certainly scroll and see the different subjects or podcast titles that I talk about and, uh, you know, see if it's worth your while to, to go ahead and subscribe. So appreciate it if you do. Um, so this is from a, a trade magazine called Motor Magazine. This is an exclusive. It was written by Jay 
shit, sheet, <laughs> boy, seat. Let's say seat. I'm sorry. <laughs> we okay. <laughs> so again, it's called EV transition requires planning to manage electric vehicle infrastructure. It was written uh, from the Governors Association brief. Examines the impact on the grid of burgeoning EV fleet. Um, I got this just the other day. This is currently February 20th of 2021. So, like I say, this is will become dated at some point. But interesting information. So, here we go. Uh, from Washington, D.C. Transportation electrification is growing rapidly. There are currently 1.5 million electric vehicles, what are called EVs, on the road, according to a 2020 report by the Edison Electric Institute, also known as EEI. While that figure represents only about 2% of all light-duty vehicles in the United States, EEI predicts EVs will make up to 20% of annual vehicle sales by 2030, with more than 18.4 million sold up to that point. But as EVs rapidly become more popular, how will their charging needs be met? A recent brief by the National Governors Association entitled The Road Ahead, Planning for Electric Vehicles by Managing Grid Interactions looks at not only how EVs will impact the electric grid with their charging requirements, but also how EVs' electrical storage capabilities may provide power to the grid in times of high power use. The paper also provides recommendations to help governors meet their EV goals. Uh, just real quick, off, off article, uh, he's going to talk about, which I certainly never thought about this, it's kind of an interesting concept, that if the battery in your EV is charged and you have it plugged into your house, that battery could now be used as power to power other things. Okay, So it was kind of like, huh. All right, interesting. Of course, obviously, if power is taken away from the battery, then when you go to use the car, you have less power in the battery. But in any case, so state governments are pushing for electrification. To reduce air pollution, including greenhouse gases, 45 states and the District of Columbia provide incentives for certain EVs and plug-in hybrid electric vehicles, what are known as PHEVs. Those breaks include tax credits or rebates for fleet electrification, exemptions from emissions testing, and utility time-of-use rate reductions. In July, a group of governors of 15 states and the District of Columbia signed a Memorandum of Understanding that calls for 30% of the sales of new medium and heavy-duty trucks and bus sales to be zero emissions by 2030, with that requirement increasing to 100% by 2050. And in the fall of 2020, the governors of California and New Jersey called for all vehicle sales by 2035 to be zero emission vehicles. As of June 2020, California had 726,000 EVs on the roads with a target of 5 million by 2025. Impacts to electric grid can be minimized by several methods. Although there will be a capacity for additional charging needs as more EVs make it to the roadways, multiple strategies exist to address this. Vehicle grid, vehicle grid integration, what's known as VGI, allows for managing, managed charging in which electricity can be turned on or off, throttled up or down, or turned on at specific times to meet the demands and constraints of the grid. As an example, much of the charging needs of a typical commuter's EV can be handled overnight and not require an 8 to 12 hour charge. 
So, rather than all the EVs in the neighborhood beginning to recharge when their owners return after work in the evening and plug them in, their charging can be managed through VGI. VGI strategies provide flexible fueling, fueling to meet the demands and limitations of the grid. These can provide cost savings and improve electric grid reliability through smart charging controls and electric utility rate structures that encourages charging at off-peak times of the day. Electric utilities that offer time of use, what's known as TOU, rates provide lower rates as an incentive to customers to use energy during lower demand periods. TOU rates combined with smart chargers allow consumers to save money on their utility bills and reduce the load on a stressed electric grid. Think of Texas right about now. Anyway, VGI strategies can result in significant cost savings. One study of five northeast states found that VGI, mostly by using off-peak charging, could save each state 4 to $24 billion by 2050 because utilities would be able to defer infrastructure investments. So this is where I, you know, this is all hypothetical, folks. So this is where I kind of go like, yeah, okay, well, we'll see. Um, taking this a step further, bi-directional vehicle-to-grid, which means V-to-G, allows for easy, boy, EV's electrical storage to feed and sell electricity back to the grid. The average EV batteries can more than power a house, house's needs for a day. That I did not know. So that, that when I read this article, it was like, okay, well, that's interesting. Pilot projects are underway in parts of the United States to exploit this capability, which may provide cost savings for utilities and customers. At the same time, this may improve grid resilience and reliability, including in times of disaster or other power outages. This also allow e allows EVs to store and discharge electricity generated from renewable energy sources such as solar and wind, which fluctuates with the weather or time of day. Again, let's think about Texas. Wind energy generation typically peaks between 10 p.m. and 6 a.m. Heavy-duty EV fleets are good candidates for V-to-G pilot programs with centralized charging, predictable schedules, and longer batteries, the paper's authors noted. Charging infrastructure. Locating chargers in strategic locations, which is often re referred to as siting, can provide convenient access and smooth the impacts of demands on the electric grid. The National Renewable Energy Laboratory has recommended that charging station installations be significantly expanded to meet future EV requirements for long-distance travel, with chargers spaced 70 miles apart and city driving, where many plugs will be needed to supply daily commuter needs. Level 2 chargers are 240 volt and can provide enough charge for 30 to 90 miles of driving per hour of charging. Their costs vary from under $700 for a homeowner's model to $13,000 for a weatherproof curbside model. Fast charge 480, 480 volt DC public stations can provide as much as 200 miles of range with as fast as a charge as 30 minutes, but at a cost of $30,000 to $70,000. These new charging needs may increase demands on the grid, which will require management in the form of controls, analysis of driving behaviors, and potentially energy storage systems, batteries, near the point of use. 
These energy storage systems can charge, can charge during off-peak periods, including from excess renewable generation, and then supply electricity for EV charging or excess electricity back to the grid. Energy storage systems at charging depots may be a solution for fleet managers who will need to plan for increased demand and collaborate with electric utilities to plan for electrification of their fleets. And finally, how states can plan for increasing electrification. The Governors Association recommends a number of actions to prepare for an electrified transportation system, including establishing an EV working group, collaborating with other governors to build charging networks among interstate corridors, and instructing regulators to consider EV rate pilot programs. The paper's authors concluded by noted by noting that EV adoption is currently low, but this will change in the near future. And finally, governors need to prepare for the build-out of VGI-managed charging, V2G, and other related infrastructure through thoughtful policies and regulations to ensure that the potential advantage of vehicle and electric grid interactions are realized. So, that's a mouthful, and, uh, you know, I... (laughs) We'll see. We'll see what happens. You know what? Like I've done in some other podcasts, what people people think, you know, that uh, electricity that there's no emissions to make it, which it's nothing can be further from the truth. Um, you know, regardless of whether solar cells, guess what? The, there's pollution created by making them, and they last about 25 to 30 years. So whether it's at your home or there's a solar farm somewhere, there is pollution created. Uh, and possibly environmental damage to make solar cells, okay? Um, there's obviously anything that requires manufacturing and, and transportation to get that component, whether it be a wind turbine or whatever, uh, there's pollution created to get it to, get it to market in its location. So, uh, you know, it, it, there's no such thing as zero emission, really, okay? If you look at the whole picture, it just is not, it doesn't happen. Okay, just the manufacturing process alone. And what does it take to get all those raw materials to be able to make that component? Again, whether it be solar cells, whatever. So it's interesting how in advertising, you know, electric cars, they went from zero emission to what they call now near zero emission. Okay, (laughs) catch word. Anyway, um, you know, don't be fooled by uh, that. There's that there is a free lunch there, and that uh, you know electric vehicles are zero emission. Um, it, that's just not the case if you look at the big picture. But in any case, I know as technology marches on and time marches on, we'll get better at it. Uh, they will become more efficient. Um, and you know, who's to say? I mean, personally myself, I I don't see myself uh, changing out what I have. I have one car, uh, a BMW, that I drive that I love, and I have no intention of getting rid of it. But, uh, you know, time will tell. So I just thought this was an interesting one. Like I say, it's going to be dated because, uh, you know, uh, uh, technology marches on and time marches on, and we'll get better at doing things. So, you know, we'll see what happens. But that's kind of the latest information uh, today at this point. So I thought it was, you know, interesting article. And uh, we go from there. I uh, hope you found it interesting and enlightening. And, and you can uh, just be the talk of the party uh, next time you're with your friends that have EV cars or whatever. And you guys can talk about all kinds of neat stuff. So 
That's about it for this one. I appreciate your time. Appreciate your listening. As usual, uh, if you want to get a hold of me via email, it's bkpodcast5 at gmail.com. I'm also available on LinkedIn. And uh, like I mentioned, if you want to check out my shop website, it's Brad's Motor Works. I'm in uh, Newbury Park, California. And uh, we go from there. Um, I hope you have a fantastic day and a great tomorrow. And thank you again for listening. Thank you for listening to this episode. It's been an honor and a privilege to spend time with you. I hope you found this of value. Please share it with family and friends. Above all else, with all you're getting, get understanding. May God bless you and keep you. And thank you again.